0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 103. My name is Ned Jabbar, and I'm going to review, uh, we're going to go over the Cloister Sisters letter to um, Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, because I think we need to look at it a little bit more closely. I read it to you in the last episode. I'm going to read it again. Um, before we begin, we should read, um, say, our prayer the holy spirit uh which i think uh is appropriate so let's begin in the name of the father son and holy spirit okay come holy spirit come and enkindle the fire of your love send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you shall renew the face of the earth o lord o god you instructed the hearts of thy faithful by the light of thy holy spirit grant us by the same Holy Spirit to have right judgment in all things and ever to rejoice in His consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And Mary Queen of the Rosary, the Immaculate Mother pray for us. St. Joseph pray for us and St. Michael the Archangel defend us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's look at the letter here uh, to Cardinal I'm sorry, to Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Most Reverend Excellency Monsignor Carlo Vigano, I am a cloistered religious sister, and I'm writing to you after a conversation I had with our spiritual father. Our conversation concerned your latest appeal, which has gone around the world to waken consciousness, Conscience about the imminent danger that is underneath the mask of the coronavirus emergency. And it is interesting to note that even non-believers are alarmed at the despotic course of events. The situation is increasingly overwhelming, but the strategy being used by Bergoglio and the forces allied with him employs a technique of isolation and dis disgeneration of any group that could possibly form a counterforce i call it a counterforce because the word resistance seems to me to be too human and somewhat insufficient it is most probable that in the near future the preparation for the manifestation of the antichrist will become ever more imposed and oppressive also due to the steps that bergoglio himself will decide to take in preparation the objective obviously is to eliminate the hotheads those who are subversive and who stand in the way of a plan that has already been designed and that now awaits for nothing else other than to be fully realized the concern i express to our spiritual father is the fact that there is no counter-organization even within the the true church that could be a sort of clandestine church capable of mobilizing itself in a coordinated way to the extent that this may be possible. The next step of Bergoglio will be specifically aimed at immobilizing any sort of building in line with with his strategy in isolation and rendering action impossible, a strategy that is no longer hidden. As a cloistered nun, I believe in very different strategies, supernatural strategies, that notably escape the notice of the most organized and totalitarian forces. But the problem is that the time seems to be very short. And in this regard, I am pleased to let you know that our Mother Abbess often reads to us at table from your lucid and well-outlined interventions Whenever the voice of recessitude and love for Christ and his church is heard, one not can help but recognize it. The spiritual father suggests to me that I, could, I should write these reflections to you, encouraging you to continue going forward. I will tell you right away that I am not a mystic nor even a saint, but I am speaking on behalf of many other silent voices of the church to tell you that you are not alone and that the battle has only just begun. Looking at the signature of the appeal, it seems to me that there are many possibilities for working to create some sort of coordination as going forward together. As the little army of the Immaculata, and I also include here non-believers, as potential members of the same army, even unknowingly, if St. Maximilian Mary Colby called the Blessed Mother to ever-victorious One. It is also true that the bull of Pius Ninth authoritatively declares her to be the eternal enemy of the devil, and you know better than I that the battle to which I refer is precisely this one. The real stakes in this battle are the eternal salvation of many souls. And so, this poor letter wants to be a small encouragement, To you not to give up and also to continue in a constructive dialogue with those few but good clergy and religious who are suffering for the same reason there could be many inspirations of the Holy Spirit in these souls in close collaboration as well as for slanders misunderstandings and various personal attacks they are making you suffer these are all things that you have known personally and that represent the jewels set in the crown that awaits you. But it is a crown that is not yet complete. The Immaculata wants to place the most precious jewels in it herself. I would like to conclude with a reference to the famous miracle attributed to St. Clair, which caused the Saracens, who were already on the walls of her monastery, to flee and never return the miracle occurred as a result of her faith. She, who was defined as the most faithful f- footprint of the Mother of God, and it was in virtue of her love for the most blessed sacrament that the true light against any sort of darkness I say this because these are the powers in which we trust and which are so feared by our enemies. The miracle occurred only at the last moment when all human hope had been erased. If the triumph of the Immaculate Heart is not far off, now is the time of the battle, and she who is our leader and co-redemptrix wants to see us fight, suffer, and implore her victory, which is already at the gates. I thank you for having listened to me patiently, and I humbly ask for your blessings for me and for my entire community. Please remember me in your daily Holy Mass, in court matris, letter signed by a cloistered religious sister, 29th of May, 2020, St. Vigilus, Bishop and Martyr. And now, here's his response to her Dear sister, thank you very much for your letter, which I read attentively. I fully share your clear and realistic visions of the present situation of crisis that involves the Church and the world. With spiritual gaze co- uh, corroborated by the sacred scripture and various messages of Our Lady, we can understand in this, that in this moment we can now see with great clarity the real dimensions of the apocal clash between good and evil, between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. What leaves one truly scandalized is seeing how the top levels of the hierarchy are openly placing themselves at the service of the prince of this world, adopting the demands made by the United Nations for the globalist agenda, Masonic Brotherhood, Maltasian eco ego, ego, egoism, sorry, immigrationism, what is being created is a single world religion without dogma or morals according to the wishes of the Freemasonry. It is obvious that Bergoglio, along with those who are behind him and support him, aspire to preside over this infernal parody of the Church of Christ. I am sure that you have also noticed, dear sister, the insistence of so many prelates of the Catholic media on the presumed necessity of a new world order cardinals and bishops have spoken about it as well as la civiltà cattolica vaticana news avienire and uh, avisettero romano with the arrogance of those who are able to say things that were once unheard of in catholic circles thanks to the protections they enjoy from the leadership of the hierarchy but on closer look The ability of the wicked to move and act, to conceal their intentions is much less than first thought. They are so certain of having already reached their objective that they have openly revealed their intentions with arrogance and ostentation, ostentation, laying aside the prudence and uh, assertions that formerly permitted them to remain hidden. Behold, how openly the proponents of the world government, and the elite who want to impose their tyranny on the people may now be seen. Behold how along with them a neo-paganism is also openly revealing itself as the religious army of this tyranny, defined by some as green apostasy. We know who they are, what motivates their actions, and what their goals are behind them. There is always the prince of this world, against whom the queen of victories leads our battered militia, together with the far greater and terrible army of celestial hosts. But since we have already chosen what side we are on in the field of battle, we must not fear, because our Lord has already conquered, while he offers us the precious opportunity to weave for ourselves esp- uh, ourselves an especially glorious crown these apocalyptic days. I believe that the essential point for effectively conducting a spiritual, doctrinal, and moral battle against the enemies of the Church is the persuasion that the present crisis is the metesis of the conciliar cancer. If we have not understood the casual relations between Vatican II and its logical and necessary consequences over the course of the last 60 years, It will not be possible to steer the rudder of the Church back to the direction given to it by her divine helmsman. The course that it maintained for two thousand years, for decades, they catechized us with hateful phrases. There is no going back with regard to the liturgy, the faith, moral teaching, penance, and asceticism. Today we hear the same expressions sloppishly repeated in the civil sphere through which the attempt is made to indoctrinate the masses that nothing will be as it was before. Modernism and COVID-19 are part of the same brand. And for anyone who has their gaze towards this transcendent is not difficult to understand that the greatest fear of those who want us to believe that the race towards the abyss is both unavoidable and unstoppable is that we will not believe them, ignore them and unmask their conspiracy. This is our duty today, to open the eyes of many, both clergy and religious, who have not yet put together the overall picture, limiting themselves to looking at reality only in partial and disjointed way. As soon as we have helped them to understand the mechanism, they will understand everything else. It is possible to go back, dear sister, it is possible to do so in such a way that the good that was fraud- fraudulently taken from us may be restored, but only in the coherence of doctrine, without compromises, without yielding, without opportunism. The Lord will design, will die to grant us a share in His victory, even if we are weak and without material means, only if we will abandon ourselves totally to Him and to His most holy Mother. I entrust myself to your prayers and to the prayers of your fellow sisters. And I bless you and your entire community from my heart. Cardinal Maria Viganò, translated by Giuseppe Pelgriano. Okay. So I want to look over this letter and she obviously That the letter is, she's concerned because there's obviously a lot of people that don't know, don't seem to be responding. And this is the same complaint we have in the political arena, the public civil arena. A lot of people seem to be very silent. And the fear is that this could happen. And what are we going to do when it's too late? You know, there's a, I can't bring it up, but what happened in Germany when Hitler and his Nazi party took over, uh, this particular person, I can't remember, but they came after this particular group of people and then they were gone and there was nobody to, to stop them. And then they went after this particular part of, of the society and then they were gone. Then they came after uh, this group of people and they were gone. And then finally they came after the, the church and they were gone and there was nobody there to, to stop them. And that's the problem, what's happening in our modern society. It seems to be a lot of people in the church um, seem to be asleep or in self-denial or they just don't see it or they're too afraid. They're too afraid to say anything because they're too afraid to lose their position. But not everybody's silent. Um, remember, I'm not going to bring it up right now, but remember what happened to Elijah. Elijah was, goes to speak to the Lord and, you know, he hides in a cave and there was an earthquake, but the Lord is not in the earthquake. Uh, there was a, a flame, a, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And then there was a s- still wind And a whisper. And Elijah got scared and covered his head to resist what, uh, you know, because he was afraid of the whisper. Because it sounded like, I'm guessing it was around him and in him. And the voice asked, Elijah, why are you here? And he said, they killed off all the zealot, the, 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 the devoted people of the Lord, and I'm the only one left. And God said to him, no, you're not. You're not the only one left. There's... There's more people. in a sense, I always took that story as, in a sense, how certain people feel like they're alone. that are we the only one that's noticing what's happening? And luckily, there were people to resist the Nazis. You had the British, you had uh some French, there were also some Italians. And then you had the allied forces with the Americans. And they resisted against the Nazis. But now the, the sinister enemy took on a different form. Obviously, there was also the socialist Marxists. And now this is not the same thing, I believe, what we saw in the Soviet Union. It has metamorphosed. It has taken on a, a different deformity obviously um there are churches being built in russia although some people are not trusting of what's going on in this, in uh, in russia um i don't know i i i i have some i have my doubts about that because satan like jesus our lord jesus christ said our lord said satan does not go against satan if he does go against it his house cannot stand having churches being built up and icons being painted and religious communities starting over again. Uh, that's not the devil. Uh, uh, you know, he, he hates Christianity. The, the real goal for, for, for Satan is the West, the Western world, which with its opulence, it's, um, it's materialism, it's um, uh, obsession with the flesh. It's uh, obsession with heresy, with constantly playing with heresy. Although that could also happen in, in, the, in Russia. It could happen among the Orthodox Christians as well. There's tendency for that. I mean, when you've been denied so much materialism and so much a good life, uh, it, you can go overboard. It's like a person born in poverty. In the ghettos, they—they they, for the first time in their lives they got money, they got materialism, they got everything they want. No one, nothing to stop them, and they don't know how to control themselves. It could happen to anybody. It could happen to any any part of the culture. The only problem is what happened. What is going on? And I think this is a good ev- a good evidence for us to realize that spiritually and supernaturally there's a war going on that we can't see with our eyes. Notice in her letter, the sister uses the name Bergoglio. She doesn't refer to him by his proper title, Pope Francis. She refers to him as Bergoglio several times. There's arguments about the fact that he refers to himself as Bishop of Rome and doesn't put the title of Pontiff. Could it be that he doesn't see himself as Pope? Could it be that Benedict is still legally Pope? I think Benedict is still legally Pope, but I also think Francis is still leg- uh, is legally Pope. Maybe he won't be legally Pope until Benedict passes away, until the Lord takes him home. I don't know. But the biggest important thing we have to realize is that there is a war going on. And... We are part of this war. We are part of it. And we have to play our part. Whether we like it or not, the war is coming to our door. It's an active morning in Brooklyn. (laughs) So sorry about that noise in the background. The war is coming. It's going to come to our doorstep whether we like it or not. How serious is it going to be? Uh, people are leaving Democratic cities; they're going off to the Midwest to be in a more conservative environment. I don't know how safe that's going to be. Um, now we have this gentleman by the name of Sean King, who is an active an activist for Black Lives Matter, and they're cheering over a toppling over of a Catholic statue uh, of so are uh your your narrow uh Sarah, I know I might be pronouncing his name wrong. Francis just declared him a saint, which is kind of funny. And he um two statues of the sa- of this particular holy man was brought down. And people uh were kicking it and spitting at it and mocking it. And now Sean King is saying we're gonna come after your 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 stained glass windows and your statues uh, of Jesus and Mary and all the saints—we're gonna—we're gonna get rid of them. Uh, what's going on? Where are the bishops? Why aren't the bishops speaking? Why aren't? Why aren't? And why is anybody speaking up about this? Why is everybody quiet? We are—we're gonna find ourselves there. I mean, like it or not. Thomas More, Saint Thomas More, and John Fisher found themselves. They tried to ignore. They, tr- I mean, More, Thomas Saint Thomas More, tried to. He did write a few pamphlets here and there, speaking about out, out about certain things, but that was within the right of the Magna Carta. It's like their constitution back then, and they came after him because they needed his um, public respectability. He was highly respected by all Europeans, St. Thomas More. They needed his name to back up Henry's illicit marriage with Anne Boleyn. They needed that. They needed his good name. And when he said no, they put him on trial. And when he still said no, when he was convicted on false charges someone lied richard rich lied about something that thomas More said manipulated the words they charged him with treason and they sentenced him to death they charged bishop fisher the pope even sent him elevated him to cardinal and sent him the cardinal hat henry the eighth said he sent him the cardinal hat It's too bad there won't be a head for the hat to rest on when it gets here. And they both got beheaded. St. Joan of Arc. It wasn't the Catholic Church who killed her. It was wolves in sheep's clothing, bishops on the side of the British. They put her on trial. They put her on trial and then they condemned her. The same thing, you know, they condemned her, they burned her at the stake. What's happening here is nothing new. Notice this part here. In the most probable, that in the near future, the preparation for the manifestation of the Antichrist will become ever more imposed and oppressive. Also due to the steps that Bergoglio himself will decide to take in preparation. The objective, obviously, is to eliminate the hotheads, those who are subversive and who stand in the way of a plan that has already been designed and that now waits for nothing else other than to be fully realized. The concern I expressed to our spiritual father is the fact that there is no counter-organization even within the true church that could be a sort of clandestine church capable of mobilizing itself in a coordinate way to the extent that this may be possible. The next steps of Bregoglio will be specifically aimed at immobilizing any sort of rebellion in line with his strategy of isolation and rendering action impossible, a strategy that is no longer hidden. <sighs> wow. Um. But there are, there are a few. The problem is, is that, uh, I mean i i'm i don't I mean my podcast is is a small one. I don't have that many people that listen to it. Um, they may even shut it down. I don't know. uh there is a lot of difficulty there's there's a lot of movement to shut down people on social media on YouTube. There's a lot of limitations, but we're not really alone. I mean, God lets one door close. He opens up another. And if people don't want to listen to something, if people find something offensive, they're going to shut it down. That's what, that's the new thing now is the silence culture. Any voice that speaks up, they silence it. But I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful because God doesn't, God always fight, has a way of fighting. He has a way of, of opening doors, of making things possible. I think the problem is, is that we need more people to pray. Prayer is the most important weapon we need right now. Without prayer, there is, like like uh, Dr. Taylor Marshall says, you're not on the team. You got to pray. You got to pray the rosary and we have to read the scriptures. We also have to study our faith. We'll see what happens. I mean, only time will tell, but I do believe that uh you know God you know like like he said to Elijah, there are people, there are holy people left. He found himself with that widow, and she wasn't even quoting the nun, she was an unbeliever, and God worked miracles in her life. There were a small brotherhood of prophets, there are people and there are people in the world that do believe, and God protects those who love him. And this is something we have to remember. There are faithful, even within the conciliar church. There is, there are believers. Okay, we have to stop this saying that people who go to the Novus Ordo Mass are not Catholic. That's wrong. Just because you know they go there doesn't mean they're not faithful. They do see there are problems going on in the church. If I myself and my friend Henry, who attend uh, the normal sort of mass can see these problems, then there are more people like us. It's just that they don't have the, the time, the culture that we live in, we have to pay our bills. We got to work. We got to, um, you know, uh, attend to life's everyday needs. I have a, I have a mom I take care of. But we have to pray. The only problem is, is that we have also, our modern culture makes it impossible to have time to commune with God. It makes it very difficult. And we also, I am also surrounded by people in my job that also are very, very hostile towards the Christian faith. Some even can't stand being around me because I talk about it. I talk about the faith. They don't like it. These are people who have already, uh, already been absorbed into the culture. And I, and I have to honestly say, at this point, I'm pretty much giving up with them. So we have a serious problem going on. Our culture has made it impossible to live a Christian life, has made it impossible to talk about it, and has made also a culture that's hostile towards Christianity. Now, this part of the letter, I'm happy that at least she said this. As a cloistered nun, I believe in a very different strategy, supernatural strategies that notably escape the notice of the most organized and totalitarian forces. But the problem is that time seems to me very short, and in this regard, I am pleased to let you know that our Mother Abbess often reads to us at table from your lucid and well-outlined interventions. Whenever the voice of recessitude and love for christ and his church is heard one could not help but recognize it the spiritual father suggests to me that i should write these reflections to you now i'm glad because we have to the supernatural means prayer appeal to heaven storm the gates of heaven really throw yourself into that this prayer we're not alone. Also, we have to remember our evangelical brothers and sisters. Um, maybe, maybe is a reason why they exist. That God uh, put them as an army on the side. I mean, we you know God foresees and foreknows everything, and they see the problems going on. They even see, they're even starting to recognize. Many of them are starting to show uh, or recognize and see that a lot of Roman Catholics are Christian. And they see the problems within the church. I mean, seriously, if you can believe in Jesus Christ and with all the evil going on within the church, with all the problems going on, and you could still be a, a true believer in Jesus Christ and a true uh, lover of Christ and his and, and His word, and the fact that all this evil wickedness exists, then you've got to recognize it's a true church. And the fact that it still survived after 2,000 years. That he can have saints and sinners in it, can't you Can't ignore that. And she goes on to um to talk about the Maximilian Kolbe, uh of the Order of the Immaculata of uh, that's uh, with the with the Miraculous Medal that were the personal army of Mary, um, and the fact that yes, these things have been foreseen. A lot of these things have been foreseen, and she also mentions here she um. The Triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And she uses a title here, which some are bothered by. Francis Bergoglio himself was bothered by this title. Co-Redemptrix. That she's co-redeemer. That she works to redeem the the world with her son. Some Catholics don't like this title. But think about it. She has been there. What, What did Simeon say to Our Lady? A sword shall pierce your heart, that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then also what happened at the wedding at Cana. She wanted her son to reveal his glory. The turning of the water to wine was a sign of his passion of sacrament. And what happened later on? She was at the foot of the cross where it finally fulfilled Simeon's word. A sword pierced her heart. She had to be there to finally give him up completely. She had to give him up completely. And as is said in the beginning... A man should leave both his father and mother and cling to his wife. Now, men in that culture don't leave their home; it's the wife who leaves the home and joins the home of her husband. But he, the God, the Father, Soul of the World, gave His only begotten Son, and finally, the Blessed Mother gave Him up on earth, and Jesus joined with His, the Church, His Bride. So a man leaved his father in heaven, and left his immaculate mother on earth, and cling to his cling to his bride, the church. It's all right there, it's all right there, and it's beautifully. You know, she really understands the faith. This woman, I, I really do believe she is a mystic. The fact that she took time to write this letter is really beautiful, and, you know, we have to at least. Pray the rosary. We have to pray that rosary. And we have to say our prayers, small prayers. S- say the small prayers that are needed. Read your scripture. Take the time. 15 minutes, even if it's less, it's enough. We need to. And we have to be aware. Be aware of what's happening in the world, not close our eyes. Whenever we see something happening, say a, say a, a Hail Mary. Say a Hail Mary. Appeal to heaven. To, to fight back. I mean. There's so much here. I mean the Abu Dhabi. Uh, Abrahamic house is very troublesome. Um, the fact that. He wants to open up the sacraments. To people who who are not in the right state of grace. Uh, is dangerous. Um, it's really troublesome. So I'm going to do part two. Um, Our Archbishop Viganò's response to the sister. All right, so I'm going to end it here. Um, Let's say a quick prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We'll be back together again soon. God bless.